He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Peace, 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 and welcome to The Rematch, which is part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. On The Rematch, you'll hear in-depth interviews with notable names from all walks of life. Because sometimes the media just doesn't get it right. The Rematch is that second opportunity to clarify, put things in proper context, correct fake news or misreported controversy, The media still exists as the most powerful entity on earth because they control the minds of the masses. I'm Atan Thomas, and the full truth is what we are aiming to catch. Many media stories omit details that would dilute their clickbait roar, and that's why there's a need for the rematch. On this episode, I sat down with Coach John Mosley of the Netflix hit series, Last Chance You. Me and my family binge-watched this series in two days. I couldn't put it down. We talked about his passion for coaching, his relationship with each individual player, different specific scenes from the show, how he dealt with Joe Hampton specifically, and much more. This was a great interview. Hope you enjoy. Coach Mosley, how are you doing, sir? Doing well, man. Just, uh, you know, it's been busy and uh, my head is spinning trying to get around, trying to reach out to everybody, man. It's It's been a lot of uh, support and a lot of, uh, you know, saying we've, we've kind of reached a lot of a lot of heart. So uh, excited. I didn't I didn't realize it was going to end up that way. But, hey, uh, we'll accept it and I'll try to reach out to as many people as I can to to connect with. Listen, let me say shout out to Netflix for showcasing your program and, um, you know, what you do and your your passion and everything like that. I thought it was so important to show um, Last Chance You uh, on Netflix. You know, I watched it with my family. We watched it in like 48 hours. Like we just wow. binge watched all of it, like didn't, didn't stop. And it was yeah. interesting because I, I, I posted immediately on social media. I was like, listen, and this was when I was on episode two. I was like, listen, every mm-hmm. middle school and high school athlete needs to be watching this. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, some, some of the people were saying, oh, it's great. You know, feedback was incredible. And some of the people mm-hmm. said, well, well, it's a lot of cursing in it, though. So some of the guys mm-hmm. curse. I was like, y'all think that middle schoolers don't be hearing cursing? <laughs> you think high schoolers yeah. don't be hearing cursing? <laughs> You know, but it was yeah. really amazing. Talk to me first about how it came about that Netflix came to you and wanted to showcase your program. You know what, man? It was it was a cold call, and uh, they just reached out to me. And when I at saw the previous shows, I was like, "There's no way I'm doing that." It was like, "Uh-uh, I'm not doing it." Then my athletic director, he's a football coach, he says, "Hey, hey, you got to do it, man. Let's go. You got to do it." <laughs> and then, Soon as hey, soon as I commit to it, he's like, man, I would have never done it, you know. Uh-uh. Uh, <laughs> but then I talk with uh, actually, I don't know if you know Quincy Brewer. He coaches at San Bernardino Valley College. We were in okay. uh, Texas together at a junior college showcase. Quincy says and he co- he said, hey man, you got to do it. You got to show because I whispered to him, this may be a pod. You got to do it, man. This is a platform to share how you minister and how you uh, treat right. these young men and move them on to the next level. I was like, ah, I don't know. And then I walked outside and I literally called my pastor. I'm in Texas. 
And I'm like, hey, this opportunity. I'm thinking he's going to say, no way. Uh, right. We don't, <laughs> you know, you know, we got to make sure we serve God. Let's keep it in the church. Right. Uh, that can take us any kind of way. He, to my surprise, he said, you know what? You're predestined and God has called you. I'm like, hey, how about if I say something that gets me fired or whatever? He said, you know what? If the door closes there, God will open up another door. And so mm-hmm. um, from that, I kind of was like, man, and I, I just did it and um, shaking in my boots prior and, and after the, the filming and thinking like, Lord, what did you get me into? And uh, ultimately, it, it, it came together. And, you know, I just all the love to uh, to Netflix and Last Chance You. What they told me is, John, it's going to be a reflection of you. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> because I'm intense, but I'm kind of corny, but I'm kind of, I'm a little hood. And they said it's going to be a reflection of you. And I think they did a good job capturing it. And, and I'm grateful that the message that I, the sincere, authentic message that I thought I wanted to share, I think it, I think it got across. Well, I think it definitely resonated. And, you know, I, I coach AAU, my son's AAU team. I got my shirt on, uh, Dynamic Disciples. Yeah, I see. Um, yeah, FBCG uh, for, my, for my church here, First Baptist of Glen Arden and, uh, and, in Maryland. And so a lot of the principles that you were teaching them while you were coaching them, you know, um, mm-hmm. outside of basketball, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And, you know, so last summer, you know, at, when, when COVID happened, I wasn't able to coach. And I missed it. And I didn't realize how much I missed it. You know what I mean? So watching you and the ins and outs. And that's the part that I loved about the show is that it showed how when you're a coach, you then become, you know, like a father figure. You become a counselor. You become a confidant. You become a big brother. You become all of this. stuff. It's not like you're just a coach. And I thought that you really they really captured that with your um, you know, relationship to the guys on the team. Yeah. You know, initially I was thinking like, okay, I got to make sure we do well. I mean, we were 29 and one and I'm watching the film and like we get beat off the dribble and I'm like, we don't get beat off the dribble that much, but they show the, the five times <laughs> that we beat off the dribble, you know, right. to kind of build the, the game story. And then right. they show the team is just, uh, uh, we're not executing, we turning the ball over. I was like, no, that's not us. I'm right. actually glad they didn't show kind of philosophy and how well we could execute because then other coaches can get our play calls. This the uh, show was really about the stories and the emotions of what the students are going through, and uh, just to to be able to advocate for these student athletes and show how uh, what they're actually going through. And and I, I think that's kind of the mission of this show, the Last Chance Show, and the name of it is uh, showing actually what they're going through and how we're engaging the students, and they captured how I really engage the students. and And it's really about relationships, man. Really having that relationship so that you can kind of get inside and see what's going on in their lives so that you can help impact their lives. Um, and I think sometimes that's missed in coaching. And like you said, we get caught up in wins and losses. Uh, right. We're caught up into how am I coaching? And we don't realize that it's, it's really about investing in others' lives. They build up this thing like, hey, he's trying to win a state championship. You know what, man? It, that's well, yeah. it, Man, I'm going <laughs> to keep coaching. I'm going to win a state championship but it's trying to get them to a point where they're on the biggest platform so they can get the best opportunity that, that they can. And, and they having that underdog mentality to get there so that they can get the best opportunity. And that was, that was the goal, man, uh, as you watch it. And I don't, I guess a lot of people saw it. I don't, you know, there's no spoilers here, uh, but a lot of people saw it and they saw how it turned out. And I was, it was just hurting that we couldn't right. get, you know, we couldn't get uh, to where we needed to be for that platform. 
Well, I, I love, and I want to go back a little bit. So I and mean, talk about really the dynamic of coach and player and what you showed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but first let's talk about the, the, the guys and how mm-hmm. and what JUCO is and explain to me why they're there. And I, I'm glad that it showed how everybody's different, you know, routes. Mm-hmm. They, they went, you know, Joe Hampton was, you know, all everything. And then how he ended up in mm-hmm. JUCO or some of the guys, you know, maybe they didn't get their test score. Um, you know, academically, like KJ, and they had to end up at JUCO. Just talk about that element um, for it first. Yeah, it's it's diverse, and a lot of people assume that everybody's just got these monster uh, issues, kind of like a Joe Hampton or a Deshaun, and that's not the case. Now, they only captured those guys, but there was 15 guys that had mm-hmm. those same moments as Joe Hampton and Deshaun, and, you know, they could only condense it to maybe three or four guys that they can follow. Um, so you have guys. Yeah. I mean, all of those guys have one through 15. There's guys that you don't even know their names, you know, Micah, Micah McLaurin and Samane Stewart. And there's, uh, you know, Taj Rick, all of them have a story. And of course they can only capture so many, uh, in, in just a short amount of time, but you have young men that some decide, Hey, I'm at a level that I don't want to be at. And I want to come back to junior college. Some of them are absolutely great students, great ball players. Uh, maybe something happened at their university and they want to come home. There's some mm-hmm. that athletically weren't ready and they need time to develop. So mm-hmm. it's not like the kid has an attitude or he's, you know, he's got great parents come to parent home, maybe a little bit younger and he's got, and then there's a uh, young man, Deshaun came home from UTEP because his mm-hmm. mom was in stage four cancer. It wasn't mm-hmm. that he wasn't a great student and he couldn't survive there at UTEP, but he just decided to come home. Mom has mm-hmm. stage four. And then Joe Hampton, He's all over the world trying to figure it out, and then he lands in my lap, and he he reaches out to me. Uh, so there's several. Malik Muhammad was struggling academically. He had some academic issues, and the selling point, I think, the reputation and you know the credibility we have is the selling point is, oh, I didn't recruit these guys for their ability. I recruited them uh, to help manage their problems. I said I see what's going on. So when I talked to mm-hmm. Malik Muhammad and his dad and his mom, I said, look. Uh, the basketball is fine. He's a division one player. Everybody knows that, but who's going to be invested in his academic, you know, know that he's, and, and, and what's crazy is they captured it. They showed mm-hmm. Malik Muhammad and how, and like coach Rob said, if he can cut a corner, he's going to cut it. Same thing right. academically. And that's why he had issues. The kid right. is a great kid. Doesn't get into any trouble, but that's his issue. His right. issue is the academic uh, KJ. He had some learning disability issues. Mm. basketball not a problem attitude not a problem joe hampton you got poor response basketball is not an issue the dude iq is off the chart you know skill set and everything is off the chart so it was just the poor response it didn't have anything to do with basketball so there's all these different diverse dynamics and it's unique as a junior college coach it's not for everybody and i'm not saying i'm god's gift and i'm not perfect but that's just a challenge that I love because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at guys. I see me through all these guys. Every one of those guys have, they have an issue that I saw in myself at some point. So, so we can mm-hmm. kind of understand. Um, so you're, so you're, you're, you're being humble about it and I, and, and gracious about it, but I gotta be honest with you. I saw a difference in the players out because of specifically you're dealing with them. Because of your, you know, coaching them off the floor and all and on the floor. So I'm, I'm watching it. All right, so I'll tell you a story. I'm watching it with my 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 family, right? Baby Sierra. 
right? She's my youngest one. You know how the youngest one is always like the most fiery one. Yeah. So, so yeah. she was getting so frustrated at Joe, and she was like, "Oh, there he go whining again." She was like, "Oh, there he go cry. How you gonna act like that?" You know, after he did all that for him, like so the whole time she was like, "Oh, now coach might be being a little bit too nice to him. Like he need to, you know." So she was having that kind of reaction. But mm-hmm. it was, but then once you saw the end, and you saw mm-hmm. Joe being the leader. Joe was the mm-hmm. one getting and he made the plays and down, you know, down all the court. He was great. But whether he was in the game or out of the game, he was the leader. He was encouraging guys. And the one episode that was before that where he was breaking down the uh, moves to Malik and how to do. And you saw the growth in him. Talk to me about that aspect, because honestly, I don't know if Joe would have gotten there if it weren't for you. Um, to the maturity level on the court, and then if, even being able to handle himself when things don't go right on the court. So, how how did you get to that process of working yeah. specifically with Joe? Yeah, you know what, man. At the beginning, it's kind of like a challenge to see. I see the diamond in all of these guys, so I see something deep down inside. And so, when I talk about basketball reveals. We can see who he is by the way he plays. Like, we saw flashes when he said, hey, you don't want me to get started. And he right. starts down. Joe is the most – he's the most unselfish player. But we right. see him pouting and complaining. And I'm thinking, like, there's a great human being. There's a great player inside of him. If we could just cut away at all of the corrosion that's around him because he's been a, you know, a, a level of abuse. And I'm talking – I'm not talking about physical or whatever. I'm talking about a level of disappointment that he's had because he was God's gift to everybody, and then people mm-hmm. let him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, once he had an injury here or there, they let him down. And so now he has this callus on him because he's been hurt. And all we got to do is chip away at the callus, and that diamond shines through again. And that mm-hmm. goes for everybody that's that's there. And, and that's just something that I see. That's my gift. You know what? No one has to tolerate it. That's something I tolerate because I'm sitting there looking up, and I'm like, man, that don't bother me. Because I know if I see you go get five rebounds in a row, then that means you, you're pretty special. That means you have a drive in you. If you go get five rebounds in a row that you don't have to go get, you mm. know, you can just stand in buckets, but you can get five in a row that you don't have to. To me, that's something, that's something special in you that just forces you to do that when you're in a space that you're comfortable with. So now he's in a space on the court. You know, Deshaun is in a space. And when they do these special things, I'm like, that reveals to me who they are. And so mm. I can see who they are. And so now all they've got to do is just fix the response and let them know as we gradually get through the year, like, look. And, and a, lot of, a lot of times we write them off right away without mm. finding out, okay, why is he responding that way? And right. they love the game of basketball. So why would, they, why would they sabotage basketball? Why would they sabotage a scholarship and all that? That doesn't right. make sense. It doesn't right. make sense. So you can't just say, oh, he doesn't want to be out here. He does. So what's causing him to try to sabotage this opportunity and to be able to find that out um, and to be able to dig deep and see what's going on? Every time uh, those guys, they lashed out, it had nothing to do with basketball. It was something going mm-hmm. on. And I knew there was more going on that we we dove into that a lot of the viewers, they didn't get a chance to see. So that we're mm-hmm. dealing with, I mean, we're dealing with his legal stuff. We're dealing with family issues we're dealing with he's kind of homeless and trying to couch surf and different things like that and so there's a level of frustration of not being comfortable like he's at long beach state now i called you know the coach over there how's he doing oh man we ain't heard a peep from him. he's good you know he don't <laughs> complain and, he's good. and i'm like because now his the surroundings and some of the things he had to deal with here here 
at the JUCO level, it changed. And 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 that's all we we're kind of getting our guys to see that like, there's better resources, there's better support system when we get to the next level. Let's just get through here. And then when you get that now, we got, you know, 15 pairs of free shoes versus you got one pair that we got to fundraise for, you know. Uh, right. Instead of going to Subway, you know, uh, now we're eating at, you know, we're eating $15, $20 meals and we're all sitting down on, on road trips. So right. uh, we just try to get them to that point and the frustration builds because of what's surrounding me. It has nothing to do with basketball. And so I know that. And I know that if, if I give up on them, uh, the only way, the only way you, is if you walk out the door, that's the only right. way that, that you don't make it because otherwise right. I'm going to force you to make it. And if I'm selfish in any way, if I'm prideful in any way, my pride is to make sure that I see you on TV in another year. Like you're going to make it. I'm you're not losing. You're not failing on my watch. The only way you fail on my watch is if you walk out the door and you and you you won't let me communicate with even there's some guys. They walk out the door two days and I go back and get them, not because I need them as players. What people don't understand is uh, and I heard some comments that, oh, he kept Joe on because he's the best player and he needed him. I didn't need Joe. California right. Juco is not as hard. It's not as tough. We really we didn't need him, but he helped us. So right. if Joe is right, he helps us. But if he's a detriment, then we don't need him. He was never a detriment, and we didn't mm. need him. Joe needed us more than we needed him, and now he's better for it. And and I and that's what you said in one of the episodes. You said that you know I, I'm giving you all the opportunities until you become a detriment to the entire team. And for a little while, it seemed like it was almost about to get to that point. You know what I mean? It was. It, 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 was, it was close. Yeah, but, but you and I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Right. I I'm, hear I'm you. I'm not going to lie. The coaches, coaches sometimes had to tell me, Coach, man, uh, hang in there. Coach Rob used to say, hey, Mosley, look, let me tell you something, man. He going to win us a playoff game or two. I was like, all right, Coach, we going to hang in there. So I'm not saying <laughs> I just have all super. It takes a support. It takes a village to come together. Coach right. Rob, Coach Hunter as well, we kept it together. Right, right, and you really, you all really did. Um, I, I liked one of the times when um, Joe. It looked like you mentioned it before. Self sabotage. The coaches were there on the sideline, and that was the time when Joe was like, you know, started to almost kirk out again. And so my son Malcolm, he was like, "Man, the coaches are sitting right there. Don't he know that the coaches are sitting right there, like watching him go, you know, do that?" And then he went to the locker room, and then the other coach followed him, right, and then talked to him, and you saw. The, the quick change in Joe, like immediately. He showed him that he cared. You saw that, like Joe was in there kirking out for a minute. And then you saw him change mm -hmm. and then he came back. He, then he started putting his stuff back on. He put his jersey back on. And I, I was like, oh, okay, he got him now. And then so he's like, he looked, he was looking there like in the eye. And it's, I just love that it showed the power of a coach when he shows that he cares about a player. You can change his whole trajectory in his whole life, in his whole mentality. And that, I, that's one of the, you know, I mean, the basketball part, you know, whether y'all would have won or lost, that was kind of secondary. That was the part that I was really focused in on, like, wow, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how AAU is supposed to be. This is how I grew up with AAU, with my coach, Reverend Potter, you know, when he coached mm -hmm. me, that he took a a, a a specific interest into the guy's lives beyond basketball. And that's what makes your program so special because not all coaches do that. I mean, we have, we have to be honest. Not all, but your your program that does it. So if I have a player and he has any type of issue, I would want to send him to you. Like he's a, he's the person who is going to care about you on the floor and everything like that. I'm sure you're hearing that a lot now. Yeah, I'm hearing it. And and I'll say this, Eve. 
there's more people. There are some other coaches, in, which we know, like uh, your yeah. coach, right. that, that are doing it. Thank, thank goodness we had the, the opportunity to showcase uh, just some examples of, of what it should look like. And it's no different in any other field uh, where we have young men. It doesn't have to be even sports. We have young men that are having issues, and they don't know how to respond because nobody is really showing him like, hey, let's relax. I know you have – we don't know that maybe he's been abused or he's been abandoned when he was five, six, seven, eight years old and he gets 15. You expect him to respond to criticism? Like, man, get yeah. out of here. He's He doesn't know because he's been abandoned. And then, you know, he hasn't learned the proper way to respond. Mom is at home. She's trying to do the best she can. Or dad is at home and he's trying to do the best he can. Either way, single parent, parent home or in both cases, maybe mom and dad – are not right now grandma is taking care of you and this is what's happening um i'm not saying you know it's just catastrophic overall over you know in our in our community but that's what happens and we immediately stereotype and say okay he's got issues this is why you know they got issues this is why there's a problem this is why they're never going to make it without finding out what's really going on in those lives and sitting there and you and you saw joe he, he didn't want to leave Joe right, did not want, want to. to leave. <laughs> he didn't want to he, leave. <laughs> he put on his stuff right back, and he was happy. Yeah. And Coach know, knew that, and I know that the guys don't want to leave. But at the same time, I have to make sure that that I hold them to the same standard. And it, it may not appear that way. Sometimes I knew something was with Joe's life, and I said, okay, I'm not going to hit him now. And then other times I'm like, no, nah, bro, you need to get together, man. It ain't going to be like that. Right. And then he pout and walk out. I'm like, he ain't walking out because he know that I'm right. He know that I'm loving on him. And, and – and then when he walks out, he's stuck. He's in the locker room like, dang, I really shouldn't have walked out because coach was kind of right. Coach Hunter knew that. He's like, man, let me go in here before them, this dude hang himself, man. So right, coach right, Hunter right. knew at the time that he was about to hang himself because he's in for him to walk out. And so he goes in there and he talks to him and he says, right. and Joe says, all right, coach. And then he comes back out. So, yeah, but that's, that's knowing uh, the individuals, that's knowing – uh, you know, be invested in what's going on in their lives and know what's going on to be able to help them respond that way and just not not write them off. You never know what they're going through, man. And that's just anybody. Right. Just You can't just assume that they're damaged goods. You can't assume that. You got to understand what's going on and, and see the diamonds and everything. Everybody has them, man. I don't care. White, black, green, yellow. It doesn't matter. They all got diamonds. And because of a poor response, we uh, immediately write them off. Now, I'll tell you this. Mm -hmm. There are some responses because of laziness or because of irritability. It's some responses, you have to have the discernment to know when it is mm -hmm. a distract, an unnecessary distraction. And so there mm -hmm. are some cases when it's unnecessary. I'm like, okay, this is unnecessary. There's no reason for you to act like that. At this point, things are good. You're trying to be a distraction. I have to discipline it right now. And and mm -hmm. I've done that. And you, But there's a di difference in knowing and discernment discernment uh and knowing that they're a deep-seated issue or is it just somebody acting out and they're causing disruption and what and what you're trying to do to function so uh it's just a feel man and i tell all the coaches well coach how can we get that i think of being under great leaders okay being under mentors being under uh people who are leader of men or leader of women or whatever your field is being under great leaders i had a great mentor and you can see how they respond to uh, you know, others who act out and how you, how they mentor people through. And so I learned mm -hmm. some strategies and watching, sometimes you got to ignore it. Didn't coach hear that? You know what? If I ignore it for one minute, 
It can save practice. But if I address it, practice is over because now that negative behavior takes over practice. So right. that's sometimes things that you have to do too. There's sometimes you just got to ignore it. And that's been one of the, my favorite uh, strategies, especially when, well, I can't give away all my tricks, but especially when it's a new player <laughs> and they, right. they want to get my attention by acting out. I just immediately yeah. ignore them and, and give positive energy. Uh, I ignore them and I give positive energy and positive reinforcement to those who are doing right. And eventually they want some of that. So there's, mm -hmm. there's all kind of ways. You just got to have a feel uh, uh, for the moment, you know, for the moment. So sometimes I ignore it and they like, well, I want some sugar too. And I'm like, well, right, right, right. Thing, you know? right. Yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. Um, and then you saw towards the end, you know, where he hugged you and he was like, I love you, you know, and it was, and it was, I was like, yeah, that's what coaching is all about. You know what I mean? He done went from, you saw the maturation process from the beginning to there and you're, he's experiencing this incredible letdown and he was like, you know, I got to get out of here. I'm too emotional for this. You know what I mean? When he said that and he came up, came up to you, he was like, I love you, you know, hugged you. I just yeah. thought that was amazing. Um, and then I saw the connection that you had with your point guard, Sean, and all the yeah. stuff that he was dealing with. And it's interesting because you have to deal with each player differently. And this is the one thing that I learned from coaching. You know, it's like when you have kids, you know, I mean, my wife are blessed to have three, three beautiful children. But each one is different. So what works with this one ain't going to work with this one. And what works with this one, I got to create something completely new for this one. And so you dealt with Deshaun differently as well, and y'all had a different relationship. Talk about that, because also he had this trust in you to confide in you and, you know, to be like a counselor, like a, like a you know, a father figure, like everything. And you really saw you take on that role with him. And then you also saw him butt heads and you were on him at certain times, but you knew yeah. like you were doing it for a reason. Talk about Deshaun for a little while. Yeah. So Deshaun is smart. He's so business. He still calls me now. Hey, coach, let's do this real estate deal together. I'm like, Sean, just finish school, man. He's, <laughs> you know, he's just so his mind is going 100 miles an hour. And if you can see some of the smart comments, the, the, the little uh, jerkish comments that he would say to the officials, mm -hmm. like he's quick, he's witty, he's fast. You got to right. be on top of your game to coach Deshaun. You got to right. keep it moving. You know, he's just one of those guys. And Coach Rob said it best. He's one of the biggest, the most likable a-holes that you yeah, can know. Yeah, that's what he's saying. <laughs> you know, he's the most likable. Uh, but going through that with his mom, I think um, mm. not just looking at it as a basketball player, but having that compassion and love of Christ to just really understand that this man is alone. He lost his dad a year prior, who he really didn't have a relationship with, nor the family that close on his dad's right. side. And then his right. mom's side, you know, I think the, the family relationship was a little rocky, so it was just him and mom. They're out here in California alone, and it's like uh, it was tough. And I saw him trying to hold it all in and be a tough man, and, yeah, he was trying to be it. And I was going through the steps with him, and I think what – through some of those, you know, the steps with funeral arrangements and different things like that. And he understood mm -hmm. that I understood the details of all of that stuff uh, with the mom passing and all that. And he he trusted me because I had nothing to gain. I was, wasn't trying to get anything from him. I wanted him to get through that process smoothly. Then there a level of trust came there. And, and, you know, we would talk several times about where his mind is and how he thinks. Because Sean, you know, some people, they look around and they think everybody is – you know, I, I don't say this in a negative way, but everybody's kind of like, man, nobody sees it like I see it. You know, like mm. I'm Deshaun Hyler. Nobody sees it. My, my mind is, is way beyond where these guys right. are. And these dudes, these dudes are clowns. They don't see it. And that's how Sean's mind is. It's like, and so I had to tell Sean several times, like, Sean, 
look, I, I, I know what you're seeing. I know where your mind is. I mm-hmm. know where you're at in terms of the level of intelligence and the mm-hmm. level of witty and you're on some million dollar making type stuff. And, and so I'm, I'm sharing with them. I see that, but Deshaun, I, I have to bring it down some too. I said, I'm, I'm similar to you. I know. And he starts smiling like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, coach. I'm like, yeah, man, I know where your mind is, but I got to bring it down and I got to help everybody. Um, right. And then I said, that's what you got to do as a leader. You can't just write dudes off. He's just like, man, these dudes are idiots, coach. What's going on? You know, Sean, you can't go that way. Just because you got to share that. I said, Sean, right. just because you can turn it on because your mind, the way your mind works and the way your competitive drive and your, the way your drive works, everybody doesn't mm-hmm. have it. But what you got to do is you got to come pull and help some of the others. And I think that's kind of what I would, I actually shared a little bit of that, of the conversations we're having. Like, Sean, you operate mentally at this highest, the highest level. You can mm-hmm. perform when you look at somebody, it's a Ray Lewis type at, at attitude. Like, man, I'm not afraid of nobody. And you about to be scared of me. And that's right. how Sean comes. And I'm like, Sean, everybody's not like that. Let me share how you can help your teammates and, and draw that and be a leader with that. And so all of those things by me really getting deep in and understanding who Sean is and understanding like, Sean, I know you see it as a, at a different level and you think everybody is, you know, not in a bad way, but you think everybody's beneath you. It's like, man, all these, <laughs> and, and not in a, not in a way to, uh, you know, to great degrade anybody, but his mind mm-hmm. just operates. Like I see it differently and right. nobody else sees it coach. They don't see it. So I had to let him know, like, I see it. I see what you see. And uh, yeah, for that, for that matter, uh, I think he, we built the trust cause I saw it as he saw it. I helped him through all those steps. You can't even imagine there's legal stuff. There's financial stuff that he had to get through that he had no idea right. how to get through. I had right. no interest in it. I didn't want any part. I didn't need anything. I didn't try to do any. And you know what's crazy? If I didn't step in, he might have gotten taken advantage. And I just thank God that that was the case that I, I was able to step in. And from that, we forever bonded. I got a short story. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories that did not make the show is Deshaun goes, and we're go- we're in San Diego, and we 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 beat uh, like the number four team, the number 20 team that was important right after Christmas so that our standings go up, you know? Okay. Uh, so we're celebrating at this tournament. It's a feel good tournament. You know, our one overnight trip, you know, we get mm-hmm. to stay in a hotel and hang out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's family for some reason came down because it was right after Christmas, man. And uh-huh. everybody had family there. Parents were there and it was just a great time. Somebody had treated the team to a meal, like the family members. And it was a whole bunch of us for whatever reason, Deshaun's girlfriend went there. I think she was out of town. Deshaun didn't have anybody there. Lo and behold, uh-huh. he's still celebrating, having fun. We clowning and da, 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 da. And then uh, we're in the locker room. we like, all right, let's go. Let's get ready to go. We got these vans. We got to drive. So Coach Rob is in one driving. I'm in the one behind. You know, the vans are ready to go. And we'd say, we got everybody. And I look around. I say, where's Deshaun? And then the vans are running. And I look behind. And I'm like, oh, shoot. This dude is walking behind the vans, crying, going like this, wiping his eyes. I was like, oh, man, Sean is oh, tough. Wow. So what is going on? What is happening? What happened to him now? And I'm like, oh, man, what happened? So I open the car door. The cars are running. I go to the back, and I'm like, Deshaun, what is going on, man? What's going on? Are you okay? You okay? And then I'm just sitting there. And now just think about all these times when he has these special moments and his mom is there to celebrate it and say, yeah, I told you you were going to be able to get it done, son. Well, he, mm. he's – and we were all sick. Okay, this is December 2019, so you know what that was. 
So not mm -hmm. only that, we're all sick too, and I'm kind of sick, and he was sick. So mm -hmm. we know what that was back then. But anyway, he says he falls over on me, and he's crying, and and then I'm like, Sean, what's going on? What man? What happened? What happened, bro? And he says, Coach, I just want to talk to her. He says, I just want to mm -hmm. talk to her, Coach. He's talking about his mom. He said, I just got yeah. questions for her, Coach, because me and him were going through a bunch of stuff to handle his his personal business and his mom's business. And then he said, I just want to talk to her coach. That's all. And then we had a moment where it's five or 10 minutes. And it was interesting is, you know, our privacy was, was what was, you know, from last chance you was good. And then uh, the vans, I don't know why none of the guys were like, coach, let's go. But for whatever right. reason, we just had a moment for about 10 minutes. We talked a little bit. I said, man, you got me anything you need. And I told him you mine forever. So wow. and he was like, all right, wow. coach. And he, wipes, he wipes his all, eyes off. And then I say he gets back in the truck, and then all of a sudden he acts like a jerk again. You know, then he's, you uh, know, he starts acting. He starts acting like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then he acts like Deshaun again. Uh, you know, uh, so that was wow. one of my favorite. Just realizing that, you know, he didn't have time to celebrate. So those are special moments. And it, it actually, we were, I was, we were on this chase, like, ah, we got to win these games. And, and then that just reminded me, that moment reminded me, like, man, I got to continue to remember that these young men, they need somebody to help right. guide them through and give them a little hope. And and I don't have all the answers, E, man, but I just want to give them a little hope that if they can stay on the right track, that 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 it, it will work out for them. And when I talk about that window, if we can just push them through that window, right? if we can get them through and they get to the other side, then it's hard to screw that up mm -hmm. when you start to – when you start, you're surrounded. Like Joe is surrounded by in a college atmosphere where everybody earned the right to be there. And not just Joe. We got 10 guys that have moved on, mm. okay, off of that team that you saw. And they all get to see something different. And they're like, shoot, man, I was driving an hour and a half to school. I was eating a cup of noodles. And now <laughs> I got a training I got a training table now. Like this right. is beautiful. They don't want to mess that up. And I'm, that's all we got to do is pull them through. Because they never had hope. They've been given up on so many times. Or they made mistakes to where they didn't get a chance to see this side of life where they can go have training tables and make three meals a day. And now they get the stipend where they can pay their rent. And then right. they have a little change to go buy Jordans, you know. Right, right, right. And I think it was great that, you know, that and you pointed it out that you said 10 of the guys went on to, to come to play at different colleges. And I think that was fantastic. I love when they showed that at the end. Um, you know, but I, I love how you told them about excuses. And that was the part that I quoted, the, the, the part when I saw, I think that was in episode two. So I saw that part yeah. and I wrote down the quote as soon as I heard it. Then I, then that's what I yeah. posted. I was like, oh, that was amazing. Um, talk about yeah. how important it is, especially for young people. I mean, I, I deal with that with my guys. Everything, a lot of times they want to give excuses for something, you know, and I love the part. I love the part when you said, oh, it was his fault. Okay. All right. So everybody get on the line and run except for him. And then you ran exactly. with them. Since it's all our yeah. fault, we're all gonna run. Since it's, all, I thought that was fantastic. I was, you know, I'm up yeah. in the chair and I was like, yeah, that's what's up, coach. But talk about yeah. the importance of why you talk, you emphasize to them that they cannot go off excuses and do the quote right. Because apparently, when I quoted you, I, I quoted it wrong. But but say the quote and where it's from and everything like that, and then tell why that's your philosophy. So ironically, I might have been five or six and my uncle had came from out of town and I'm not sure where he got it from. But ultimately, he comes to me and we're playing basketball in the backyard. And, you know, my family's like, John's going to be a good basketball player. 
And then my, my uncle was like, uh, we'll see. And he's like balling me up. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to do this. You, you foul. And he said, excuses are tools in which incompetent individuals build monuments of nothing. And then I was like, what? And then he said, excuse. He would say excuses, excuses, excuses. Excuses are tools in which incompetent individuals build monuments of nothing. And he was in town for like a week. And then uh, he, he said it. And then I was like, can you tell me that again? Tell me that again. Because I loved it too. I loved the ring of it. And he wouldn't right. tell me. And then he told me one time and he forced me to remember, you know. Okay. And so it forced me to remember. And so from this day, man, till, since I was five years old, I mean, that's, that's 40 years ago, 40-something years ago, <laughs> I still remember that and excuses. But uh, I think it's important to realize that we're all going to go through adversity. And what's your response going to be? You can't expect things to go 100% right. You can't expect and you can't have any excuses to why you can't get you just got to get it done. I mean, I tell our guys all the time, you only have a short window where you're going to be cute. Like we're mm -hmm. cute to our mom, our grandparents. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at my baby. He's in college. Congratulations. When you put that and you switch that tassel over and then you walk out the doors of life, you're not cute anymore. There's no excuses. You, you know, now you look just like the other man that's standing in line for that career path or that job. You're no longer mm -hmm. cute. You no longer get celebrated because you can dunk a ball. What do you have to offer? And excuses right. won't get it done. And by any means necessary, I share one possession. That one moment might change your life. So you can't have an excuse. I remember I had a player. He, uh, We were in practice, and he came down, and he made a lazy pass. And my thing is, man, you're going to turn your hips. You're going to make a hard snap pass and make a snap pass. So he comes down in practice and he makes a soft pass and it gets turned over. And then he's like, and I'm like, dude, you got to make a hard snap the ball and take mm -hmm. care of the pass. And he says, coach, dang, it's just one pass coach. And I went ballistic. I said right. one pass that could change your life. And lo and behold, uh, unfortunately there was an example made. We go into playoffs and he makes a soft pass. And then he looked at me and he was like, my bad coach. And I didn't have to say anything. It was the one right. pass that prevented him from the Pac-12 school that was in the gym. Uh, wow. It just didn't look right. It didn't look like, and that changed the outcome, mm. you know, and then it can flip. Uh, I, I'll share the story where uh, just one, no, no excuses. A uh, young man that played, I love this story because he was recruited division two and he ends up playing with Johnny Dawkins in the sweet 16 with, with uh, against Duke when he was at mm -hmm. Central Florida with uh, with Taco Falls. So okay. Johnny Dawkins and crew come in our gym. I think a, a, scout, a reporter or a scout says, hey, this young man is the best shooter left on the board, and he's available. He shoots 45% from three. He's at East Los Angeles College. He's 6'5", decent athlete. He couldn't dribble for nothing. So everybody's saying, well, he can't dribble. We don't want to take him. Everybody passes on him. He only has Division two offers. Uh, uh, my guy Norris calls me. He says, Hey, I heard you got the best shooter. Hey, he don't need to do nothing, but be able to shoot. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Johnny Dawkins is looking at shooters all over the country, probably 10 that are the best shooters. And all that we need is shooting to stand out there with taco fall, you know, and of course mm -hmm. he can play defense too, but he comes in and he looks and there's one detail that we do with our shooters. I don't care where you're at. When you shoot it, you're always a drifter to at least the free throw line area for a long rebound and then to stop the ball in transition. Mm -hmm. Well, most guys, when they shoot it, they stand out there and they pose and they oh, watch to see if it goes right. in. 
Right. And so this young man, he learned that. Frank Burns learned it so well that he would track down almost every he got so good he would track down almost his misses and then i think that was what sealed the deal that was the difference in him getting a scholarship is mm -hmm. that he those one that one possession mattered where he shot the ball he missed it and he tracked down his rebound and it gave the team an extra possession and we saw that translate at uh ucf and he played there and i was like i don't know if he's gonna play and he plays because he's getting five rebounds at six five at that level when you got Taco Fall, why? Because he tracked down offensive rebounds. Mm. Everybody knows he can shoot. So one possession, no excuses, mm -hmm. making sure you capitalize. You have no excuses. You have to make that one possession uh, work. And we said, well, coach, I tried. Well, a gardener, uh, my grandmother can come in the gym and try. You right. got to get it done. And right. so we're trying to get that mindset. Now, I know, you know, that it's going to be times where it's not going to happen. But if our mind is on 100% getting it done, Yep. Then the percentages are, yeah, it drops a little bit, but may it leaves us at six seventy-five percent of it getting it done. But right. if we go with the mindset, well, everybody knows I'm only going to get it done fifty percent of the time. You know, well, if you go in with that mindset, you take that fifty percent effort, and that's going to drop down to twenty-five percent. So we take the mindset that hey, a hundred percent of the time we have to get it done, and you assume that it's almost a failure if you don't. Because mm -hmm. if those percentages go down to 75%, you at least have a better chance. And if you come with the mindset that I'm going to get it done 50% of the time. So right. we leave, we try to leave no excuses there. I think, And I think that's a great philosophy to have. Um, a few more questions for you because there's so much to cover, but I'm trying to condense them into a few you know, yeah. questions. Um, KJ, um, mm -hmm. incredible athlete. Incredible. Mm -hmm. You saw he's just dunking every single time, the way that he moves, his body control, everything. But the issue with him was um, academic, and that was the reason yeah. why he was the player of the year. I think he said in um, was it in yeah. California or where, wherever he was, LA City, which is big because LA okay, City. Right. That's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's serious. So he was the man, and you know, he he the academics is what held him back. But I saw you working with him and working with you know, and you you mentioned that he might have had a little bit of a of a disability, learning disability, or something like yeah. that. Talk to me about that and how you helped him um, with that. And also, a lot of guys sometimes don't like to admit that they're having trouble academically. So then they start going into like maybe they don't care or like I'm going to be a clown or something like that, where yeah. if they admit it, they can actually get the help they need and then they can get right on track academically. But talk, talk about that aspect and how you dealt with KJ and helped him along the way. Okay. So we, we put consequences on academic stuff. The only consequence, though, is if you don't inform us where you're at. So we do grade checks every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And for guys who don't want to show the grade checks and try to, you know, they try to falsify the, the, the professor's signature, <laughs> you know, there's consequences to that. But once we see where you're at, because most guys are embarrassed mm -hmm. if they don't do well, it has nothing to do with, you know, we're, we have trouble. I still have trouble asking for help. People were saying, hey, Coach Mosey, want to donate? And I'm like, ah, I don't need help, but we really do, you know? Mm -hmm. So they don't want to ask for help. And when KJ came in here, part of, I think the reason why uh, we, because everybody said, how did you get him? How come he's not at a national juke? Well, he had offers from all these national junior colleges. But what we guarantee and what we showed him for what we've done in the past is I guarantee that he's not just coming here to hoop. The, the, he's a high major player. So he doesn't have to go to Texas or anywhere else. What you need, and if we share with the families, you need somebody 
who's going to have a special interest in where he's at academically and make sure we get that done. And so I think that was the biggest. And we showed him the plan and we showed him examples of young men who had the same issues as him. So mm. you're not going to fail on my watch. And it's a holistic approach, man, uh, that I think when I was a Division One coach and I would, you know, visit a few junior colleges, it, it sometimes, I'm not going to say all, sometimes it felt like, well, this it, it was almost too much work if the kid had, was a head case. Let me just, mm. well, I probably shouldn't say it, but let, no, let me I just, hear you. you know, let me just come out and, okay, he played, we, we won a conference championship or a championship. Hey, the kid didn't get it done academically or, hey, yeah, the kid's got an attitude. I don't know. No, right. I'm, it's my challenge. To me, a win for me is to make sure you don't fail on my watch. Mm. And I think that's where the level of the success of our program. Um, our school wasn't traditionally known as a good basketball program. When I took the job, I was between jobs. They said, dude, you are tripping. Why are you taking that job? That's suicide. I was like, well, I could be a head coach. I'll be all right, man. And it was like 15 grand. And it wasn't a great situation at the time. Mm -hmm. And I just, but if you take interest in individuals, then now there's a trust, not only with each player, but in the communities. They say, look, there's a trust there that academically they're going to get it done when they get there. And that's what, what my, my challenge was is like, no, we're going to make sure that KJ gets done so that he can, cause he had no glimpse of hope. Mm -hmm. He didn't have any hope. So we're not talking about, he's got good parents, the parents loving family support, but he had no hope because he didn't think he was going to get it done academically. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do like coach Rob approached it. No, nah, man, we're going to sit here with you mm -hmm. and we're going, we're going to be embarrassed with you. Mm -hmm. that you having a tough time putting stuff together. We're embarrassed with you. So let's show you, show you how to start from scratch, from a foundational and how you start that process. Because I have some issues with procrastination, you know, and now I have four degrees. So mm -hmm. I share with the guys, look, I got four degrees and bro, I barely graduated from high school. My mom had to go and talk to him and say, Hey, could you give him some extra, extra work so he can graduate from high school? So, right, right. um, um, we're going to share with you how to get through it. And those are things that we build up through the year, you know, and that we should be as coaches. It's like, don't immediately say, oh, this guy is never going to make it. Let me mm -hmm. hurry up and get some rebounds from him and then call all the coaches. Yeah, coach, he ain't going to make it. So I don't know if he's going to make it because he's, you know, but you got your your your, your 20 and 10 from him, you right. know. Right. But, you know, well, you just don't understand. This kid doesn't go to class. Make him. Make him, right. Make that's, him to me. That's right. Make him. You're, bro, you're not failing on my watch. Yeah. Because guess what? We all have a carry. They want playing time and they want scholarships. That's it. You know, sometimes they don't care about winning. But right. you you dangle scholarships and playing time to say, okay, you need to win mm -hmm. so that you can get on a platform. You need to show up and do this, this, and this. And you know what? I haven't met anybody who completely just ran away from it. Uh, when you have the carrot, now there's a certain strategy that you have to have to kind of keep them engaged. And you, you, everybody has a carrot. Right. Not everybody cares about, you know, but everybody has a carrot. You know, maybe there's an on-campus job. And I'm like, if you want that on-campus job, mm -hmm. if you want that cash flow in your pocket, then you better come show up to practice. And Or I'm going to tell the lady like, hey, he's not worthy of those, those, uh, those, those on-campus hours. So there's a carrot that you have right. to dangle. And you know what? I'm tired. When you see them interview me, I'm tired at the end of the day. It's right. tiring and it does take work, you mm -hmm. know, but that's just, you know, that's what I'm called to do. That's what I'm passionate about. And every look, e, everybody doesn't have to be passionate about it. And this is what I share. You don't have to say, well, I don't have to. I don't have time. Don't. I, this is it. But if you say 
you want to help a kid like Joe Hampton, then this is what you have to do. Right. If you if you if that's not your calling, there's nothing wrong with it. You're not. It doesn't mean. Right. I mean, you can, be, you can be better at something. You could be a great humanitarian or whatever philanthropist, right. and you donate money. That's just as good as what I'm doing. You know, it, it doesn't mean that 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 you're not a good person. And I'm not challenging the whole world to do what I do. I'm just saying, if you say that this is the work that you want to do in terms of really changing young people's lives that are broken down like this and build up, then these are the, this is the type of, type of compassionate response you, you have to have. In no way am I challenging the world to do this. Right. But, but, but the thing about it is the power that you have as a coach being on display mm -hmm. is what I love to see because with our young men, especially, you know, they are influenced by their coach heavily. And there's a lot of coaches who are in it for the wrong reason. That's that's especially in the AAU world. And there are coaches that are that that don't teach them the principles that you're teaching them. Like I, re I remember talking to my, you know, some of my guys and they're struggling with their schoolwork. I'm like, you ain't the only one that struggled with school. I hated math. You know what I mean? I was like, look, when I was in Syracuse, I had uh, two study groups and a tutor. Like I would have the study groups waiting for me after practice because we go on right to go study or else yeah. I wouldn't have passed. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, wow, you, str you struggle too? I was like, yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing. A lot of times they think they're the only ones that have to deal with that. So they don't want to tell anybody. And yeah. you know what I mean? They never get the help that they needed. That's why it's so important the way that you really implemented, you know, strat strategies for them to be able to fix the problem. And I liked with also then when you got tough on them sometimes. Once one scene that really stuck out to me was when the guys were grumbling a little bit about having to lift weights after practice. And and that's a different thing. I, I never saw that before, but I, that was your strategy and I haven't seen it. But but they were like, oh, we don't want to do this. We don't want to go lift weights, stuff like that. And you and you had to let them know, listen, I'm sitting here sacrificing for y'all. I'm missing my own kids' games. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you were you sitting there grumbling, and they was all quiet. You didn't hear. You immediately changed, and you had to check them on that. And I yeah. think that's sometimes where it, you showed that balance of sometimes you have to put your arm around them. Sometimes you have to know when to be tough on them. Sometimes you have to check them. Sometimes mm -hmm. you have to be. And those are all the different dynamics of being a coach, and you showed all of it. And it's just, I thought that was just really. You know, there's so many scenes that I like, but that that scene especially. Cause you had to let them know, you know what I yeah. mean? People are out here doing stuff for you and you acting real unappreciative about yeah. what I'm sacrificing for you. And yeah. I thought that was a really key moment. Yeah. Well, in regards to the, to the, well, you, you were NBA and you were college in regards to the weight lifting. If any, if you really process it and think about it, mm -hmm. you, you can understand just, just imagine the schedule that you have as an NBA player, mm -hmm. you, you know, getting weights, you, you, you can't, you don't necessarily want to lift a day before or write a game before. Right. So the best time is like, we're here. We've just finished up. Why not just go get a 20 minute lift right after the game? Most of us have only played 20, 25 minutes. So we get right. the lift in and now we get a day off and then we go to our next game. So that's oh. the logic. A lot of people are like, what are you doing? That's crazy. Why would you lift after? Well, look, our locker room is literally 10 feet away from the weight room. Right. Why don't we just change and go lift 20 minutes after a game, especially if it's a Friday game? Right. Because it's, it's you don't have school the next day. You come and lift. If it's a home game, away games, we don't do it. But if it's a home game, you lift right after. And it's like, so the, the thing was, you're getting mad at me for caring and planning, a, having a strategic plan. That's NBA style uh, training. Like you guys have to figure out how to stay fit mm -hmm. while going through, you know, you got a hundred and something 
you know, almost 200 days where you guys are just going. So how do I stay toned? How do I stay strong? How do I stay where when you got three and four games in a week, how do I get my lifting in? Mm-hmm. And that's similar to uh, what we were doing. And you guys are mad at me for planning this out. There's there's some situations, like I say, where coaches, they like, OK, good game over. Let me hurry up and get to my son's game. Right, right. Get, you know, and I just said, well, you know, I'm going to be late to my son's game or whatever. So I might as well just fully commit uh, to this. And, and a lot of people will say, well, that's your job, coach. And I said, yeah. That is my job, right? So I'm committed, mm-hmm. and I'm not complaining. But if you want me to, I can complain too right. and say I'm missing my son's game. So right. that was the point. It wasn't to really say, well, I, I, I'm here lifting, and I had the choice to go to my son's game. No, I, I necessarily didn't have the choice mm-hmm. because I had a game to coach, and it was mm-hmm. my job. But what I'm saying is I'm making the same sacrifices in mm-hmm. my job. And if this is your job, you're making the same sacrifices as I'm making. We're together are making this sacrifice. And so that was the point that we were trying to make. And a lot of times there's a lot of grumblings. And, and like you said, just getting them to understand that, like, man, there's when, when that's a response that needs to be changed. Right. When you see things are working well, then that's when you need to, when things are going well, you shouldn't be grumbling and complaining. When people are trying to help, when you see discipline, it shouldn't, you should be accepting that. And that's the part of the response. That was a, that was a cry out to them to say, change your response to mm-hmm. us doing things right. Change mm-hmm. your response. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, like you said, it wasn't a peep. They had to, they got to learn how to change the response. And those are messages mm-hmm. that even Netflix or the documentary they missed, but we share those messages all, all the way through the year. Right. Um, one of the things that you, you hear, you hear their grumblings now. And I wanted to ask you this. You couldn't hear some of their grumblings because the microphone picked them up. So they're you know, you're, you're coaching and they're like, you know, talking under their breath like guys do. Like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. Out. But you couldn't hear all of that. Right. Like they that, right. they just picked that up because they were whispering. Yes. Right, they right. were close to the mic. That's uh, what I thought. <laughs> you could pick it up. But you know what? There are some things that I do hear. And okay. You yeah. got to pretend like, I mean, e, you know, man, yeah. I, I didn't say some stuff about the coach. Man, yeah. dude don't know what he's doing. Right, you know? right, right, right. You know, <laughs> and to be honest, I already know they're saying that. And it's just a moment. And then yeah. as we get through it, and I think the lesson sometimes is when they see the outcome and they see the outcome and they see the love. Sometimes I ignore it and I want them to see the outcome so that they know and they come back and they apologize. Like, coach, you were right. Thank you for what you've done. Coach, I'm very grateful. And now when they go to the next phase, they don't do that because they say, you know what? Right. When I did that with Coach Mosley, he was absolutely, he was right. That if I stick the course, if I do it this way, then the outcome is going to be good. You know, so sometimes I get the the punches. I take all the punches. And, and, and then while I'm taking the punches, they see the outcome. And now when it gets to the next level, they're a little bit more prepared. And they're, you know, they, they're quiet. Yeah. They're a little more accepting of discipline. So that's that comes into to strategy as well. Because if I kick right. them to the curb, man, then right. then then they won't even have the opportunity to get to the next level. Exactly. But I do share with them, you will not be able to respond that way when you get to the next level. Yep. You know, kind of like how Deshaun told Samane, he said, Would you talk to Coach K like that? Yeah. And he said, yeah. No. Right. You know, somebody he was mad. And I know. thought that was great because Deshaun, who always had so much to say, then was like, yeah. no, nah, y'all need to listen to coach. What he's telling you is right. Would yeah. you talk to coach? Like, I thought that was 
you know, I thought it was such a great documentary. And, you know, it's one that people need yeah. to, you know, go back and watch again because then they'll catch little things that they didn't catch the first time. I want to ask you two more questions and then and then I'll let you go. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the, the, the team building exercise that you all did. And it was the it was the semifinal game, and you said, "Wow, if they didn't like each other, we wouldn't have won that game." And I thought that yeah. was so key there because that all happened after that team building exercise you all did when you all went to the cabins. I mean, you saw Joe. Okay, all right, even at first when they got there, they're like, "What are we doing out here? It's mosquitoes. Yeah, it's yeah. some guy this. What are we doing?" Like they're just grumbling. Then yeah. afterwards. They was like, Joe was like, I'm going to soak all this in. I'm going to just walk around a little bit. Yeah. This is, he, he used the word like he said, this is lovely out here. And yeah. I was like, lovely? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Joe. But talk about yeah. how important <laughs> it was for y'all to have that team built. And then when they was imitating you, I thought that was, that was mm-hmm. so, you know, that yeah. was so funny. But talk about that team building um, exercise that you all did and how important it was. Yeah. So there was a moment where, dude, and you know how it is when you're on a run and you're winning and it's almost like, I, I felt like, okay, Lord, I hope we're not peaking too soon. And so we're just mm-hmm. winning and winning and winning. And then all of a sudden you kind of get bored because maybe you play a team that, that, you know, that you blow out and you kind of don't, you kind of take them lightly. And I'm like, okay. And everybody started to get irritable and they don't like hearing me anymore. And I'm like, it's just something needs to happen. We need to shake something up. We need to do something different. And so mm-hmm. we kind of thought it like, man, let's just maybe just take a day off. And, and then even a day off, doesn't do anything for him. It's like, okay, Coach Mosley gave us a day off. So I'm like, man, we need to do something, dude. We're we're rocking and rolling well enough where we could probably take a weekend and do something and then come back and kind of recharge because we're in the middle of conference towards the end going towards the playoffs, and we need to recharge because we don't want to get to the playoffs and everybody's just burnt out and tired of each other, you know? And so we go up there, and I mean, it's either going to pull us further apart or bring us close together. So I'm thinking like, I hope this works. Cause I'm, I'm really thinking like, we're either gonna get up there and guys are gonna really sit next to each other and be like, dude, I really can't stand this dude. Or they're gonna be like, <laughs> you know, or they're gonna really come together and be like, you know what? This dude is all right because we right. told stories. And we had right. a we had another game in there that they didn't show where, where it's a uh, uh, two lies and a truth, where you can find out something true and find out, you know, two lies or something about them, which, which okay. thing is the truth where you okay. find out in, interesting things in their lives. And then they're sitting around and they're like, wow, they're doing puzzles. They're playing dominoes. Yeah. They're going out. We did, you know, you got du- dudes who never did s'mores. You know, we're doing marshmallows. Mm-hmm. They're like, how do you yeah. do it? You know, Joe <laughs> said, I don't want to get diabetes. I ain't eating that, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sitting over here like, man, these dudes never been around a campfire. Right. Um, and so uh, so I thought that was great for them to, to have that moment. And then sometimes it's good to – uh, to to break them down to a moment where we feel vulnerable. They're like, I'm out in the woods. I got to act tough. But at the mm-hmm. same time, this is not a place where you act tough. And let me bring it down. And then it bra- it, it kind of opens everybody up and makes everybody vulnerable. And mm-hmm. they can you can kind of see each other intimately. So I thought I thought that worked. Uh, and then uh, us just sharing those moments. And I thought it recharged them. And it worked, man. I didn't know if it was going to work. I thought they would have went up there and kind of you know, we try to do some activities, right? And then a couple of them be like, "Man, I ain't doing that, man. I'm finna go to the room." But, but hey, they didn't <laughs> no service. They didn't have right. no service. They had no service. I think that, <laughs> I think that, that was, was key. No, <laughs> that was key. No service yeah. helped our our cause, and so yeah. they couldn't go to the phones. So some of them had to sit there with their hands in their pocket. And then Coach right. Rob, you know, uh, put together a bunch of little games that 
you know, we talked about, okay, who's the greatest rapper? Who's the greatest NBA player? And we right. had this debate. So they right. into that. And instead of us saying, uh, what college are you guys going to attend? Man, they don't right, want right, to do right. that. Yeah. So now they have this debate. And I think even uh, Drake, you know, Drake even uh, sent a shout out. He was showing he was watching and he posted oh, that's that he up. was watching. Yeah, yeah, he posted that he was watching Joe explain why Drake was the greatest rapper and, and mm-hmm. all that. So that was amazing, man, uh, to go through that. And then the imitations were great. And no, then we ran was a, fantastic. Yeah. And then we ran a play. We ran a play. Oh, yeah, said, yeah, hey, yeah. You guys run a play. And we actually ran it in the game and it worked. And so all that, all that right. was awesome. And the guys were, from that point, man, I think we were rocking and rolling. I think it was, I thought that was great. You know, I did that with my guys. Uh, well, actually, I walked in on them imitating me. And they thought I was going to get mad. And I was like, well, go ahead. Reek, uh, Reek was my point guard. He's he doing a great job. So he was imitating me. He yeah. was like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Why the devil you do this? Yeah. That's that's what I say. Or so, you know, it was, it was yeah. really funny. All right. So last last topic. And I, I it's great to end with this topic. Throughout the, throughout the document, we, talk, we saw funding come up as an issue. This was before COVID and after COVID. You know, after, you know, after COVID happened, you were like, okay, we don't know if they're going to um, cut our funding again. And, you know, you was talking about how important basketball is to these young people's lives because we have just watched the whole documentary and you've seen how you, you, what the impact that you've made on their lives and how they all going there from, you know, to different places and playing and, you know, everything like that. And then they cut funding or they're discussing cutting funding. Talk right. about where we, you are with funding because sometimes you have to come out of your own pocket. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we saw that. You was like, wait, we know we're not going to be able to go to a tournament because like, no, nah, I'll pay for it. You know, and, and all mm-hmm. coaches have had to deal with mm-hmm. that. Now, now, I want to talk about funding for a minute because, you know, our, first of all, I want you to describe the, the funding issues. Are outside people allowed to donate to the program and are sponsorships allowed? Because I suspect that after, you know, everybody sees this, I you know, they would want to donate to a program like this. Um, yeah. So, so just break that down. The funding issues you have are outside people allowed to donate, and the sponsorships, how they're open to, you know, especially you know, JUCO has different rules or whatever. Yeah. So, in regards, there is a set set budget, and I was prepared to be okay with the set budget. Uh, but this is pre pandemic where the economy was thriving, and we were cut, and it was very disappointing, especially when we, you know, kind of alerted. It was like, hey, man, we're going to be on Netflix. Hey, can we get some new uniforms? I mean, the uniforms that we started out with, e, we, we, we wore the camo uniforms not because for Flash. I didn't even want to wear those camos because we used to wear those one time a year for Veterans Day, right? No. I didn't want to wear those because I'm, I'm not a coach that wants to be all gaudy, you know? Okay. Those were the only u- uniforms that were in good shape. We had five-year-old uniforms that we had. So the picture that promotes the last chance you, uh, the Netflix docuseries where the kids are in all white and right. they're all dingy and they're big. So the big uniforms are out. The fitted ones right. are in. So they're right. all big and baggy. And the players are like, Coach, these, Coach, you got to do something about these uniforms. And we asked for uniforms prior and we couldn't get that. And five-year-old uniforms, and they're all baggy, and they were dingy, and so we didn't wear them anymore. And so what we did is we wore those camos the rest of the show. On the road, you know, I reached out to a friend of mine from Nike, and they gave us some practice jerseys. So on the road, we're wearing green practice jerseys on the road, uh, Nike Mm. practice jerseys on the road. And that was just a quick fix. And then at home, we're wearing the camos, if you can remember. 
We wore right. the camos the whole time. Really, we have white and green unis, but the kids didn't want to wear them anymore. And I agreed they were a mess and they were right. five years old. And that's that, that wasn't right. So that's one issue. Um, mm. and, and yeah, we're here at the community college. Uh, we just need a small amount. But when it started to get cut with the success we're having, our young men are over a 3.4. We're already scarce and we have this, the lowest, the largest population of African-American males uh, in the community college in California are in athletics. Mm. And there's a lot of funding that's coming in from the state of California, from our government for African-American males. And we just didn't see it. And mm. so that's what was a little frustrating for me uh, as well is like, well, look, if we weren't having success, maybe you'd have a reason. But and I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about our kids are always graduating every year. Our young men are graduating with high GPAs. Now, in terms of the funding, how the state of California works, the community college, you get more money for graduates. You get more money for completers. Not only okay. that, you get more money for African-American completers. Okay? okay, so we know that there is funding coming in that that they say, well, it costs money for athletics. Well, we're bringing money in because we have full-time students. The state of California gives each school money for full-time students, full-time completers. We're completing faster than the traditional student. Why? Because of NCAA requirements, they have to finish in four semesters or two years. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you get more money for completing sooner, you get more money for completing, you get more money for being uh, completing a program which is an associate degree, which they are, and and yet and still we're being cut and we're, we're valued, not only that because we're African-Americans and we're males. So our value is more than maybe a traditional student who takes them three or four years to transfer out. We bring mm. more value. And so for us to be cut, that, that part is disappointing. And so I know I'm venting a little bit, but uh, oh. and since then, I, since then, I think that the E that's that's been addressed. So uh, kudos to those in leadership who saw that and they addressed that. Uh, we got a new president on our campus just started in December. He's phenomenal. And he okay. fixed all that right away. Uh, but that is an issue. It was an issue for many years, uh, even with the success being 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 cut. Um, and I will say this, mm. man. Uh, in regards to uh, the joy I have around what's going on, the excitement of the show, I have frustration that is turning into anger right now. We are the only uh, population probably in the country that has not been allowed. E, I haven't seen my players in a year. Everybody mm. from high schools to colleges, even in Los Angeles, even the school districts, we are the only ones who have not been able to walk in our gym yet and at least engage our students. And so there's a level of frustration. We're still dealing with unions and whoever we're dealing with. It is frustration beyond frustrating, turning into anger, especially when we're seeing other districts and other school districts. Uh, and, and I may be speaking too far out, but it's very frustrating that these young men, the Joe Hamptons, I haven't seen in a year. So I recruited them to come here and I haven't seen them in a year. And it's very frustrating. And at some point it's going to have to be addressed that whatever uh, we're dealing with is bureaucracy. I hear there's union union versus the district. They're still battling it out. But why the union and the district is battling it out? Our young men are suffering. Our young men are suffering because we have this bureaucracy going on. We have this political agenda 
these, whether it's a money issue or who wants power and our young men are suffering and, and they haven't been allowed to use the facilities. They haven't been allowed to 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 uh, attain the resources that their parents are paying for. And so every, is, that, is that is that due to is that from COVID and they, everything's shut down? It hasn't opened up yet. You well, mean, look, or what? We, everything is open now. All of the districts, the elementary school across the street from us has allowed students back. But our okay. district, our, we haven't been allowed here in the community college at our community college. I'm not talking about the rest in, in the state of California. So I'm talking mm. about the L.A. community colleges. We haven't been allowed. And I don't know if it's if it's if it's the union, which I'm hearing. We got union issues. They still haven't come to an agreement. But it's from COVID, we, though. But it's from, from the COVID. COVID. Okay, all right, has, just making sure. It has, it has nothing to do with safety. Right. The, the, the county said we can return. They say go back. Everybody can go back. We're in we're in the orange. We can go back. We're in right. the orange, but they have not come to an agreement. So we can't return because of an agreement, not because of safety. It's because of, of an agreement and children are suffering. So it's not it's not safety. So that was going to be my question. It's not it's about not COVID. Safe. It's not about what COVID protocols to implement. No, or, it's nothing to do with that. It, then what's the issue? It's it's an agreement between the faculty or uh, the district and a union about uh, allowing us to return and, uh, you know, allowing us to return. And so which uh, they're dragging their feet on the agreement. And yet our young men are suffering. And my young men are calling me and say, coach, well, why are they playing and why are they doing this and why are they doing that? So there's a level of frustration, frustration out there. And at some point within the next week or so, uh, we're going to really make some noise. And I think in our district, uh, because there's a lot of the majority are African-American young men that are suffering uh, and you're asking them to commit and be full time students and you're collecting money on these students being full time students. But you're not offering the cohort that they came to get. The cohort is the athletic program, and you're not offering that. And every outside of Los Angeles or outside of the, the, the other community college, you're allowing them to enter campus, and they're active and asking for just, you know, we understand protocols. We have that all in place, but you're not allowing us to engage. I can't look the Jonathan in the eye and say, hey, let's go to study hall. And they're damaged right now. They are in men – it's a mental crisis all at a political or whatever issue that's going on. It has nothing to do with safety anymore. The protocol now we have is just walk in, get a test, and walk in. We have everything in place. It has nothing to do with funding the protocols. That's all in place. Oh, it just okay. has to do with the decision to be made between whoever, and they're dragging their feet on coming to a, uh, uh, coming to a decision to allow us to get back on campus and we're the only ones probably in the country that is this far behind now we were behind because la county was one of the largest in terms of numbers but now we're down to the orange area they said we can return in red we didn't return in red now we're down to orange and we can't return and we'll be in yellow they say in the next two weeks and we still haven't returned and so it's very disappointing it's very disappointing. It's very frustra frustrating, and it's turned into anger. It has nothing to do with basketball. I just want to see my guys, and me, I can't see them. There, there's like, All you right. can't see them. So that's the frustration. Now, let me go back. All I'm right. sorry. Let me no, go back. I understand. Last, I understand. Yeah. The last point, uh, can outside people give? And yes, they have. And, you know, on my Twitter page, I got uh, in my uh, 
Instagram page. I had a link, uh, a link tree that leads to a donation spot and it's small donations, you know, for a program. I think we have a small campaign going. Uh, I would suggest if, if you have something, you know, you want to help out with a meal, help us with hotel, you know, maybe we don't have to stay at a two star and we can stay, maybe stay at a three star hotel or buy because some guys can't afford the shoes or help us with uniforms. That's a small amount, you know, you know, a, a couple hundred or a thousand or something. I have a link that you can do that. If it becomes larger, then there's questions because again, we are the largest operating district in the in the world. We have nine schools in our district in the Los Angeles uh, uh, district. Um, we are the largest funded in the state of California, and so there's a lot that you have to deal with in terms of red tape to make sure mm -hmm. you receive those funds. So if mm -hmm. we see that large amount, then it probably has to go through our foundation. What I would do is okay. contact our athletic department, or you can contact me. And I've been taking all emails, so it's no big. And 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 we have we've been filtering through that. And then I can direct you if there's a large donation. I can direct you to the proper, uh, just so we have noted who's who wants to participate and donate on our behalf on our cause. At least I have that record, and now I can point them in the proper uh, direction, foundational direction, so that they can go through the proper. Uh, procedures for audit purposes and different things like that and okay. and, and tax write-offs but for you know smaller donations man we got a campaign going and it's doing great you know we're trying to hit uh, uh, a little mark and that just gives us the extra and i you know and that goes deposited right into my fundraising account that's on campus so it's not in my personal pocket that's a small amount and you can find that on my on my link tree a donation spot um but if okay. it's something and, larger and which we we've heard Mm -hmm. uh, and, and your link tree, just give the where that specifically they can um, they can reach out to you. You said on your Instagram page, did you say your your link yeah. tree. Just Insta give the yeah. specific. Yeah, it's on my name. Instagram page. Instagram page is uh, Coach John Mosley underscore Elac E L A C. Coach John Mosley underscore, and that's my uh, that's my uh, Instagram page. And Mosley, remember, is spelled M-O-S-L-E-Y. A lot of times we add the E before the S, but it's M-O-S-L-E-Y. And then in the, the bio or the profile, you'll see a link tree link. And then that gives you a few links of, you know, even some gear. A lot of people asked about gear. A lot of, a lot of people asked about reaching out or inquiries. You can do it there. And then on my Twitter page as well, there's a link tree um, there. My Twitter page is simply John Mosley Jr. So John Mosley Jr. So that's a shout out to my dad, you know, God bless his soul. Uh, but John Mosley, J-O-H-N-M-O-S-L-E-Y-J-R. There's a link tree link. And that should lead you to everything, our websites. It can kind of give you some direction. Um, e, we don't ask for much. We don't need much. If I'm at a major, you know, if I'm at Syracuse, we, we taking donors because we, we got, we trying to build, you know, you need those endowments to build uh, the university up. Um, right. We're state funded. The state uh, does a good job of taking care of our facilities and our buildings. But I think okay. uh, we get we get chopped. We one of the first groups that gets chopped. Athletics gets chopped right away at the community college level. And right. and we're just trying to buy an extra pair of shoes, man. We're just trying to, uh, you know, make sure the guys can, they can get an extra meal. I mean, you know, seven seven dollars something a day is not going to work, man. And then I got to right. come out of my pocket. Or we got to use fundraise money. You know, we can right. travel and we drive in a long way, and then we can just sit there. And now I can, 
instead of you know no offense to Denny's because I love Denny's but now we can, <laughs> you know I love Denny's but now we can stop at a a, a steakhouse and I got you. get them a good meal and now they feel good about themselves and yeah. now feeling good they can go win a game because they feel good about themselves which positions them to be on a platform to get that scholarship it all to me you know it, it it's it's important just right. it's no different than a university you, right. you if the guys feel good they're gonna go play. And, and playing puts you on the platform. Now you you're playing on television. You're in the NCAA tournament, and sky's the limit for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me say, I have so much respect for you. Um, I hope they get that. You know, I, when you was talking about the issue of not playing, and I was going to ask you um, as far as now, I thought it would have to do all about w- the right COVID protocols to put in place, and that uh, was the discussion. But if you, all, if you all have that in place, then. You know, Everything is in place. It's yeah, just, that's that's really it's that's really it's really it's really tough. And so the yeah. frustration has turned to anger. It has nothing to do with playing. I could care less. Right. I just want to see the guys. You know, the guys got they got it right now. Uh, see the black market, the black market right now. The guys have to go pay to walk in gyms and different right. things like that. So right. you know, the, those guys are making a killing. Guys who oh, own man. gyms and all that, they're oh, making gosh. a killing right now. They really are. So they, they really are. I, I feel for the guys. Uh, yeah. So yeah. and the, the tough part is they say, yeah, you guys can go back, but we got to get our agreement first. Right. And I'm sitting up here. Well, while you guys are taking time with the agreement, we, we technically could have been back in our facility a right. month ago based on the state and and uh, and uh, the health department requirements we could have mm-hmm. been on. Based on, do you guys have protocol? Here you go. We got everything in we got place. The protocol, yeah. That's, then, us, then that's something totally different. Well, oh, we're, we're dealing with that. Yeah. Yeah. But let me say, I, I love the documentary. I want everybody to go see it. Like, I still think it should be required for all athletes, middle school and high school level, um, to really watch it for all the things that we just talked about in this interview um, and the way that you care about the players and, you know, showing that how you can see the maturation process from the guys from the first episode to the end, especially Joe. And, uh, you know, I just I, I can't talk enough about it because this is the way coaching should be done. This is the and, you know, that's the reason why I reached out to you. Because I was like, yes, this is this is an example of how coaches should be. And, you know, the, yes, you're going to have success and everything like that. But you are changing these guys lives and the trajectory of their lives. And that could be the difference with them, you know, going a bad route and, and going successful. And that and yeah. you really, you know. The, the, the strategies and the care and the love of Christ that you show them and the patience of Job that you have with them and, yeah. <laughs> you know, everything, the discernment, everything all comes into place and it shines through with your coaching. So much respect to you. Um, it's going to be an honor to, to showcase this interview for everyone. Uh, last chance you. Thanks a lot, coach. And um, please be blessed and keep doing what you're doing. Whenever you are opened up and everything just Keep doing what you're doing because they're really affecting these guys' lives. So much respect. Thanks. Hey, love what you're doing too, E. Love what you're doing. Uh, Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, bless. Thank you for listening to The Rematch. You can find more episodes on basketballnews.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also find my articles on basketballnews.com, along with exclusive content from Kenyon Martin, James Posey, and more. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AtonThomas36. Let me know what you thought of this episode and who you'd like to see as a guest. I would love your feedback.